Hey, welcome back to the Clay on the Stage podcast. Here we are, three months later. <laughs> the summer went by fast. I'm so excited to be back to the podcast. I have to say, though, there were times during the summer when I thought, it's really nice to take a break and just kind of reflect upon those 99 episodes and also start to prepare myself for what the next season has to offer. I'm very excited about where the podcast is going. We're going to make some changes to some of the the formats of the uh, episodes. And one major change is that I'm only going to be putting out two new episodes a month, every other week, instead of every week. If you're not familiar with the podcast and you're wondering what the heck is she talking about? Well, Claim the Stage is a podcast for women who are interested in using public speaking to grow and build confidence and build their business and just be a better communicator. And so we offer all kinds of insights, interviews, commentary, laughs on the subject. And I'm Angela Lucier. I'm the host and I I'm also the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, which is a network of public speaking clubs for women. And on today's episode, I'm talking with the two women on my team who are helping me build that business, Lenore Braun and Amber Ladley. And I asked them to come on today's show, episode 100, which feels like a really big deal because I wanted to talk about what happened this summer while we took a break. Because I should mention, I didn't just take a break from the podcast. I took a break from my business, the Speaker Sisterhood. And I, you know, I I kept up with emails here and there and we did a couple new things. But for the most part, the business was on maintenance mode, which if you talk to most entrepreneurs who are two years into running their business, that's not really a common move. (laughs) Most people don't just like put everything on pause and go on summer break. But that was a decision we made. And we're going to talk about why we made that decision in today's episode and what we learned from it and, you know, any regrets we have and experiences that came from taking this time off and how we grew. And I wanted to come back to the podcast with this episode and this topic specifically, because it is such an important subject for women to hear. And it's so important for those of us who are experiencing burnout, who feel overworked or overwhelmed or feel like our business is running us, and also women who feel like they've got too much on their plate and they don't know how to take a step back. And I feel like I might have just described every woman in there. So this episode is for you. We get really personal. I share some things that happened to me over the summer that I sort of thought, do I want to say that? But I did. (laughs) And... It's all because I think what we did here was kind of revolutionary and it it needs to be more common and it needs self-care and reflection and being able to put yourself first, I think is something that I really learned this summer. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's a little longer than a regular episode, but the conversation was so good that I wanted to keep it going until we got everything out that we wanted to say. So I'm so glad to be back bringing you episode 100. Finally, here we are. Thank you so much for being part of this journey, for listening, for sharing your feedback and for, you know, just putting yourself first. Hope you're doing that. So without further ado, enjoy today's episode. So before we jump into our interview, I thought you two should introduce yourselves because you've been on the podcast before, but just to remind everybody who you are and why you're here. (laughs) 
Lenore, you want to start? Sure. I'm Lenore Braun. I am the club director for Speaker Sisterhood, and I also run three virtual clubs, and I'm a member. I'm Amber Ladley. I'm the creative director of the Speaker Sisterhood, and I'm also a leader of the South Hadley Club and a member of the Northampton Club. Awesome. And so we're talking about the summer break we had from the beginning of June to basically now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) September 4th. (laughs) And this is something that's really new for us, so I thought we should talk about it. And so we put some questions together that we're all going to answer and just try to talk about what we learned and hopefully share some insights that will help others if they're thinking about this or if they feel burnt out or looking for permission to do something like this. So I thought we should start with Lenore because this probably wouldn't have happened without her courage to bring up a subject that none of us were really probably ready to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So Lenore, how did the summer break come about? That's definitely a loaded question. (laughs) So I'll give you a short answer and then a not so short answer. Um, I basically realized I had a need and I had to ask for that need. And as it turned out, that conversation led into something so much bigger for, for all of us. My longer answer is that my journey with Speaker Sisterhood started at a time that I recognized I wanted a really different professional life. I wanted something that was focused on not only growing, but nurturing my creative side. And when I left the office world at the end of January of 2018, I promised myself life going forward would be much different. And when I left the what I call the eight to five grind, (laughs) I went full tilt. Um, because that's kind of how I roll into the club director role for Speaker Sisterhood, which is totally incredible and exciting and lots of productivity. And we went dove into trainings and resources and workshops. And then came February and I joined the Speak Up Tour team, <laughs> which was exciting. It was business development and getting you prepared to hit the road. And then March came and then I moved and to a new house in the country, (laughs) which was amazing. But we all know how moving goes. It's really stressful. And then April came and I joined you for the first uh, stint of the tour up in Portland, Maine, which was unbelievable. Are we going to talk about the food again? No, because then I'll just zone out on the pizza, (laughs) that sweet potato pizza, whatever that was. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And when I came home, I had this whole plan with our clubs. I was interviewing the leaders and touring all of the clubs. And when I finally (laughs) caught my breath, (laughs) which I was like, oh my God, I haven't taken a deep breath in months, I was giving a speech. And it was a reflection speech. And it was all about how this journey with Speaker Sisterhood got started in the first place, all of the things that were meaningful to me. And I recognized that something really amazing emerged from that reflection. And it was what I later named Project Unstuckness. And it was the idea that I could help other women get themselves unstuck, sort of like I did in joining Speaker Sisterhood and teaching them to be able to create change, even if they feel like they don't know where they want to get started. And I was blown away. It was almost like the universe like opened itself up, dropped a note on my lap and said, here you go. This is what you're meant to do. And it was such a powerful moment. Yet I was panicked because there really wasn't time or energy or focus that I could dedicate to it. And 
I did the only thing I knew to do was to timidly, <laughs> nervously share this with you guys and bring it to the team because I recognized if I didn't do that, nothing would change. And so I came forward and started this conversation that literally pivoted our worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember we were sitting in my living room, mm -hmm. eating laundry, eating baguettes. Um, <laughs> I think it was goat cheese that day. Yes. Probably. <laughs> and you just kind of brought up how you had changed your whole world, but you also felt like you needed to like reclaim some time for yourself because so much activity had happened, but you hadn't really had a chance to like enjoy and appreciate all of that. And I remember you kind of mirrored that too and stating like, yeah, this has been really fun and exciting and big, but where am I in this, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to share what happened for you that day? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I know when we came to that meeting, Angela had asked us to let's look at the next six months and what are we, what do we want to do? And um, coming off of the tour, I think we were all pretty exhausted and burned out. And then we also had changes in our personal lives. Um, my husband started working full time and, and got a new job and was working during school hours. And then the kids had it, were going to school full time when they hadn't been. And so just uh, a lot of changes and upheaval and just feeling like I couldn't keep my head above water. Um, so when Lenore brought this I uh, had the courage to say it because I was really scared to say it. Uh, it felt like such a relief. And it also felt really scary. Like, we can really slow down and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely um, scary, but I was excited. I've, I um, have never had a summer with my kids. I was always the working parent. And my husband was a stay-at-home parent. And so it was really neat to launch into that space. Neat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's different. It was. Yeah. What were you going to say? That? No, I was just going to say, and just to be clear on it, it was really scary to talk about. Even though you are two lovely human beings, mm -hmm. you feel extremely vulnerable when you recognize there's something that you need and it's really important to you, but it also potentially could impact other people. And the idea of disappointing you guys or somehow creating the idea that I would be pulling away to do something else or not as completely devoted to this organization as I am, there's a lot of fear around that. Mm -hmm. You really worry about how that's going to be perceived. And my biggest fear was you two more than myself, because I knew by speaking up, I was going to be working towards what I needed. But so like, what about Amber and Angela? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've all expressed that we have this fear of letting the team down. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've been like programmed or led to believe that by asking for what we need or saying like, whatever's happening right now isn't working for me somehow equates to letting the team down um, is a problem because really what we're doing is we're, we're boosting the team up by saying this is what I need and I can't show up in a productive, healthy, happy way if I don't have that. So I think it's really important and also so inspiring to work with people who can ask for what they need, you know, and then also to to be given a different way to look at what we're doing because I always tend to go toward the like, well, let's just work more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not healthy. And it's also, um, it's, it could use some tinkering, which we learned. We'll mm -hmm. get into more as the conversation goes on. 
Amber, I thought I should start with you for this next question. You, you, you definitely voiced some thoughts about this. What was it like at the beginning of the summer when we decided to take this time off to go from 100 miles per hour to zero? It was hard. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of panic and anxiety. I constantly felt like I was forgetting something or I should be somewhere. Uh, it was really hard to know that it was okay, that it was going to be okay. I appreciate the permission to actually take the time off. Um, I have been self-employed for the past five years and, and uh, giving yourself permission when you're in charge is really hard. And so for you to say, okay, yeah, we, the, the, we need this and the organization needs this. I can already feel how much better we're going to be coming into this fall. Yeah. And you talked about whiplash. Oh, yeah, I did talk about whiplash. It did feel like whiplash. Thanks for reminding me that. It really did, because it was just like, whoa. It was was really a hard adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lenore? I would totally agree. But just in all fairness, I think we were actually going 120 miles an hour. And I never made it to zero. I probably stopped somewhere along the line of 50 miles an hour, which is a nice coasting speed. Mm -hmm. It's not breakneck. You feel like you can actually, you're still moving. You still have some goals and intentions, but I could look up. I could look around and say, oh, look at that. I'm heading in this direction or that direction. But it was extremely hard to put the foot on the brake. Like, it felt almost like we were flying on the highway. We slammed on the brakes, shut off the car. And then there was like this deafening silence. (laughs) (laughs) And all I kept thinking was, wait, Amber and Angela are here too in the car with me. Okay. (laughs) I don't know where from here. It was really, really hard, but I found that it didn't have to be all or nothing. And as soon as I hit about 50 miles an hour, I would describe it. It felt okay. It felt good. And it felt like I was in control. Mm Yeah, I felt sort of relieved, but mostly anxious and scared because it's a totally different speed than I'm used to. And it also felt like something was missing. Like Mm -hmm. I had lost something, like I lost my leg. And I was like, I know I used to have this thing here that I really cared about and needed. And now it's gone and I don't know how to live my life without it. (laughs) Especially when it's your leg. Yeah, I was like, I need that thing. But what do I do if I don't have it? And it was like such a huge readjustment to try and figure out how to live each day without this big thing that consumed like 90% of my life. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge awakening for me of like, wow, my whole life is the speaker sisterhood. And then I was like, wow, I feel like I might think I am the speaker sisterhood. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was in the beginning of the summer where I started to realize like I can separate from the business and be a person who has a business, not be a person who thinks that she is a business. (laughs) And that's a really big deal to find that there's another identity that's separate from the work because I've identified so much with the work for so long. And not just Speaker Sisterhood, but businesses I've had before that too. I think mostly Speaker Sisterhood because I feel so passionate and so invested and like, Like I gave birth to this thing and I really like I'm raising it, you know, like it's a baby and I have to pay a lot of attention to it. So it's almost like putting your baby like in the closet for a summer. (laughs) You're going to be fine. Um, I put a whole list of like snacks and recipes and you're going to be good. Just take care of yourself. It's all good. (laughs) But 
in the end, it was actually the best thing we could have done, which we'll talk more about. Um, so, Lenore, how were you planning to spend your time, and how did you actually spend your time? Well, the two definitely connect, which I was excited about. I immediately went to thinking about being outdoors, just taking, I walked my dog every day a couple of times and just the idea that I could walk a little bit slower or a little bit longer was really awesome. And I have a front porch that I'm in love with and I could sit out there and I could sip tea and, and that's really what I wanted to do just, just to have more time to enjoy being outside and to share that time with other people instead of cramming visits and, and relationships into evenings and weekends, I now had the opportunity to do it on a quiet morning or in the afternoon. And I did it. I spent time with people on my porch having coffee in the morning or coming over for lunch or coming over for tea in the afternoon. And it felt like a dream, like it wasn't even possible, but yet here it was, it was happening. And I got back into a workout routine, which was part of my goal. So that definitely happened. I did a lot of weeding, which I'll talk about a little bit later, <laughs> which totally changed my life. And, But I also had some creative work come out of that time. And although I didn't have a plan of that, like exactly what I was going to create and produce, I, I had the space and time and mental energy to allow kind of the floodgates to open and see what came out of it. And I ended up creating a project that I, I called Project Unstuckness and created a video series. I even began writing a book and building a coaching program and started working with women. So already working with clients. So there was sort of this still being productive yet creative, very unexpected thing that happened over the summer. And it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What about you, Amber? Yeah. So I, um, in prepping for this podcast episode, went through and read through some of my journals and I kept summer journals, which was something new for me, not every day, but about a, um, a good amount of time. And uh, one of the early entries talked about how I had this big summer and I had all this stuff I wanted to do. And, and then I was just afraid that I would just overcommit and book myself to, to death and, and then not actually do anything. And so I, I felt like a lot of, I guess, coming off the 100 to zero, like what are the things that you want to be able to do? And what are the things you want to spend time on? And so deciding that um, I wasn't going to do anything that I didn't want to do. And I had to put it through, you know, a hell yes filter <laughs> and make sure uh, it was something that I felt good about. And I'm really glad that we um, had this exercise to reflect on it. Because if I look back at my summer, I think like, oh, I was really lazy. And I played video games and <laughs> laid on the couch with the kids and watched movies. And, and I did do some of that. But we also had like a lot of really fun things. We had some field trips. I uh, had a um, got some time with my family, which was really nice. The three of us went on a camping trip. Uh, I did a ton of meditating. So I took two 10 day courses and I've meditated every day since January 1st. So that's really had a good uh, shift for me. And I really enjoy that. I also did some gardening and some art and I taught some workshops and we did the girls ink. So there was all, all kinds of things that were still happening. I didn't actually just sit around and play with <laughs> What part of you makes you feel like that's that's all you were doing at times? Is there like yeah, it's definitely inner critic, like for being being lazy, like yeah. I can even just looking back in my uh, notes talking about 
you know, wanting to rest, but I, I should be doing something more productive with my time. And just that importance of rest, I had never really slowed down that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that was really, it was really powerful. And I know we're going to talk about those reflections yeah. a little bit later. I had originally planned on getting really organized all summer because, as you guys know, I, like, have a problem with file management. And um, not that I have a problem with my calendar, but sometimes things get lost in my email. Or I'm, I feel like I'm a responsible person, but I'm trying to manage so many things that if it's not, like, a top priority, I'm just like, I'll deal with that later. So putting things in the right places is sort of a challenge. And so I thought, oh, I'll, like, go through all my files and I'll clean out my closets and... I'll go through my basement and get rid of stuff and stuff and often also all summer I'm saying to myself like I gotta get down to the basement (laughs) and like never did and last week I finally did clean out the files in my desk and it felt awesome but I think there was this other part of me that was like no you don't need to be doing that right now like there needs to be just downtime to focus on yourself and what you need and I think that the big wake-up call or the the message that my body sent me was in the form of a yeast infection, (laughs) Mm, which I haven't had since high school. And it was like, you know, painful and it sucked. And I thought whenever you go through something with your body, it's usually your body's like way of sending you a message to pay attention to something. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I'll go on the candida diet, which is helpful for, you know, clearing out candida in your body, which can lead to yeast infections. And by going on this detox diet, I can kind of like clear out my system and get clear just mentally. And I told my mom I was going on the Candida diet and she said, oh, there's this Candida summit. It's an online week long thing. They're interviewing all kinds of experts on the subject of Candida. So I signed up for it and I listened to probably like 10 or 12 interviews about the subject. And a lot of them talked about Candida being something that happens as a result of taking birth control pills. And so I started thinking a lot about like birth control pills and being on them and always feeling like I don't want to be on birth control pills. And taking this time to do this exploration was a really big deal for me because usually I'd be like, well, I'm too busy to deal with that. So I'll do the diet and just hope that things clear up and like move on with my life. But I actually this summer went deeper into the problem, trying to understand what was the root cause and how am I hurting my body and maybe not really noticing it. And so I ended up reading a bunch of books about the pill, about hormones, about menstruation, about cycles, and really spent like a month and a half just kind of understanding my body. And it's scary slash funny to me that at 37 years old, I finally, for the first time, understand my period (laughs) and understand what's going on each each day of every month and how our cycles affect us and spend some time like watching TED Talks and trying to put all the pieces together of understanding my body and and even had shared with Amber and like we've all kind of talked as a group now about the four phases in the in the menstruation cycle and how those phases really affect you in different ways by giving you strengths and sort of like weaknesses as the cycle goes on each month and I realized as women like we have to pay attention to that not just in business but in our lives to understand why we respond certain ways and why sometimes all we want to do is sleep or all we want to do is cry or all we want to do is eat it doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It's about hormones and it's about cycles and it's about being women. And I felt really proud of myself for doing that exploration and taking that time because, as I said, like it's, 
I'm now 37 and this is the first time I've really looked into it. And it's because we gave ourselves permission to be still and just kind of give ourselves the space to do that kind of stuff. So in the beginning of the summer, I thought I would be cleaning out closets. And at the end of the summer, I was like charting my cycle and like <laughs> taking my temperature every day, yeah. <laughs> like paying attention to cervical fluid and just like <laughs> learning a lot about myself as a woman. And I'm, I feel like that's a huge win. And that was a really great use of time without it feeling like I have to do this. And I am, I'm on this time crunch. It's more just like, let me go on this little adventure. And I'm really glad that I did. I'm really glad that you did. <laughs> I remember driving home from club one night and you telling me about the four phases. And I had always noticed that right after my period, I always felt very creative. And I felt like that was cyclical, but I hadn't ever uh, known that there were four phases. And I'm 39. So <laughs> uh, and so you introduced me to the MyFlow app. And I have absolutely been loving getting to know um, my own cycle and understanding and even going back through my journals and seeing where I was in different phases. And, you know, I, I, there's certain times that I struggle with depression and it feels like it's weeks upon weeks. And then when I look back in the journal and chart it and realize it's my menstrual cycle, I just have a different perspective on it now. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, this is actually, it talks to you about using napping as a sport. I never napped. Yeah. I've taken so many naps this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Baths. I've, <laughs> I've bathed more than I have. <laughs> I mean, obviously I've showered, <laughs> but an actual relaxing bath and knowing like, no, this isn't forever. This is your time to just relax and reflect and then move on. And understanding that has been really valuable. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you got into that. Oh, <laughs> Introduced me to it. Yeah. And I'm right behind you guys. So I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't applied the app yet or read any of the books, but that is my goal. My personal goal is to really understand that because like you every month, you kind of understand some of the cycle. Well, you know what to expect, right? And you're caught up in it and you're feeling it. Even this morning, I woke up knowing, oh God, here we go. I'm PMSing <laughs> and I can feel the cranky, almost like this chemical in my body. And I'm thinking if I really understood exactly what was happening in these moments, I can help embrace it in a way that sets realistic expectations. You know, maybe this isn't the week that I need to be grinding out like 87 projects. Maybe it's a week that I'm focused on something else. So yes, I'm glad that you took that journey. Yeah. <laughs> I know it started in a painful way, but it eventually became something that you shared with the team. And it's, it is important for us to understand our bodies. Yeah. It influences so much of our life. And so, and I feel like I, it's been such a mystery for so long. And just to have those answers, I feel so much more content and aware, you mm -hmm. know, and I just want to share what those four phases are. And I'm going to post a link to the TED Talk and all the books I read this summer. So if anyone else wants to try to understand their period and all the stuff that comes with it, you can go on that same journey. So the four phases of the menstrual cycle, the first one is the follicular phase, which happens, it's like the first one right after your period. And that's when you're most creative. And that lasts like three to five days. And then the next phase is your ovulatory phase, which happens, I think, also for three to five days. And that's the best time for communication. And in the app, it says you should, like, if you want to uh, um, ask for a raise or have a difficult conversation, that's when you should do it. The luteal phase comes after that. And that's usually like 13 to 18 days. And that's when you're most detail oriented and organized. And then the menstrual phase, when you have your period, that's when you, it's good to do evaluation and reflection. 
And it's so funny about the menstrual phase because I always feel like when I get my period, I would just end up like lying on my bed for hours thinking about my life, mostly like totally judging the shit out of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, why did I do that? Or why why haven't I tried that? And just being super hard on myself. So when I saw that, the evaluation and reflection, I was like, oh, all right. So next time that happens, I'm just going to say I'm doing that thing that I guess I'm supposed to be doing, but maybe I could be nicer to myself. So, (laughs) So yeah, I'll post all those links in the notes so anyone who wants to read can. Yeah, and if I could add one more little thing about that app, you Mm. can sync it with your partner. So um, Tim's been receiving emails about my phases, and yesterday it said he should take me on a date. So we went on a date. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Little bonus. Yes. Bonus. Um. Amber, did you experience any anxiety or discomfort about taking time off? And if so, what was it like? Yeah. So um, initially I had a lot of fear and guilt Mm. and just, um, you know, like a lot of different things. Like on the one hand, like, but what's going to happen to all the things I'm used to, you know, doing and and not doing. And then on the other hand, and like, but I want to do all these other things. And so just kind of trying to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and but you, you, I wanted you to talk about the little tool you created for yourself when you oh, go sure. into those deep dark places of like my little mantra there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think that actually came apart came upon during one of my menstrual phases and journaling, and I had I was reading I was writing something negative, and I remember in the back of my head hearing my mother's voice say. If you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. <laughs> and I thought, well, that that's okay for, like, your outside voice, but your inside voice, that feels very repressing if you're just trying to uh, not say anything at all. And so I had this little saying that says, if you have nothing nice to say, then shut the fuck up and dance. <laughs> and to me, that kind of got me out of a little funk because at any time, like, at my inner critic was just being negative. I would just say, if you have nothing nice to say and I do a little dance and I just start dancing and that feels good (laughs) and so it was just like a nice little reminder like you don't have to be so judgmental in there and it's not doing you any good (laughs) yeah yeah so it helped me to be kinder to myself awesome yeah well Nora what about you like Amber definitely experienced some anxiety some fear around like will something break or fall or (laughs) who's gonna catch it who's gonna keep it going if I'm not doing it. And I also felt like I was afraid to be neglecting somebody or disappointing somebody. And I don't know, it was just it was a really hard adjustment to shut that off. And like Amber, I I did a lot of like, reflective work and and thinking about, okay, well, first of all, this isn't brain surgery, so nobody's going to die, right? So you could literally not talk to anybody for two months. (laughs) Nobody will die. That was my perspective argument. But I also recognized that the anxiety was coming from a place of operating in panic mode all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so to shift away from that just felt very unnatural. 
And I thought, well, is that really, do I want that to be natural? Like, do I want to always be feeling like I'm racing anxiety and in this panic mode and that the world is literally sitting on my shoulders? Not really, (laughs) because it's not, you know, the world isn't sitting on our shoulders, but it feels that way when you have a huge sense of responsibility. Um, So yeah, definitely some anxiety, some, and I also had this interesting fear that what if I fall so in love with creative stuff that I never want to let go. <laughs> and in my mind, my limiting belief was that, oh, okay, it's it's this or that. You know, it's one or the mm-hmm. other instead of, no, now that you've got a taste for it and you're holding on to it, hang on to it. Yeah. <laughs> keep it. Keep it along for the ride. And that kind of helped me. But it honestly took me like two months to settle into a place where I stopped feeling so anxious and so afraid of just the shift and the change and the uncertainty. Yeah. Well, we've had several check-ins over the summer where we all sort of experienced the same fear of having this relaxed work pace and thinking like, what if we're never hard workers again? (laughs) (laughs) There was definitely a fear of it not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. What if we love this so much that we never work hard again in our life? But that could just never happen, I think. (laughs) Because we're just hard workers. Yeah. And I think if we made lists of everything we did accomplish this summer, I I just think about what you described through the menstrual cycle. Yeah, look at Amber's list. The audience can't see it, but it's huge. (laughs) But your research project, that was pretty intensive. You spent a month and a half. You weren't like staring at the trees. You were actually researching to understand your body. And I know for myself, when I, I looked back, I didn't make a list, but I thought about what I did accomplish. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's like nothing about us (laughs) that anyone could call slackers. Totally true. If if the word slacker comes up, it's totally us, you know, trash talking ourselves. But the idea is that, no, the way we were operating before was just like maniacal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like nobody should be operating that way. Yeah. It's too much. It is. I'm glad that we can say that now and just be cool with that. Yeah. (laughs) And laugh and still be standing upright. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I experienced a lot of discomfort and anxiety. And what I realized is a lot of that came from my ego and realizing that my ego gets its self-worth from being useful. And when Mm. I don't feel useful, I feel like I'm just taking up space in the world. I'm taking too much and not giving enough. My ego uses all these different tools to try and like lure me back into being a crazy, like just hard worker who's like obsessed with, with getting things done. And So I started to feel like I don't deserve to take so much time off. Like, who am I to take off a whole summer, especially when we're building something so big? Like, who puts the brakes on (laughs) when there's so much momentum? It's like this thing. It's like the steam train going a thousand miles an hour and all these people are on board and we're like, all right, everybody, get out. (laughs) Set up some tents. We're going to be here for a while. that's how it feels but that's not actually what's happening yeah and and what really ended up happening was the momentum continued without us i mean yeah. we did we did maintenance and we we kept things moving behind the scenes without having any major projects mm-hmm. but when you have so much momentum it's really you can't just put the brakes on because there are so many people involved who care so much that it kept building itself yeah which i didn't think could ever happen because i'm so used to always like pushing 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 and i was like oh wait if i'm not doing things things still happen that's crazy so that was a really cool realization and i also realized that in those moments when i was feeling like 
Um, I don't deserve to be taking time off. I had so many tools I could turn to, and I know you created one to dance. I also remembered I love to journal, and journaling is so useful. Mm -hmm. And I also learned peer counseling last year that taught me to just sit with my feelings and discuss how I was feeling in that moment. And I started to do that a lot over the summer. And as soon as I did that, I felt so much better. And I've been meditating and just trying to be more honest with myself and with others about what's going on. And that is, those are probably some of the best tools that we could use when we're in these moments of transition and trying to accept ourselves and not beat ourselves up. So it was a good opportunity to use a lot of the tools that I have and to just kind of feel more content with my choices instead of choosing to do this and then every single day feel worry and anxiety because I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. So Lenore, what happened that you didn't expect to experience? So I talk about this sticky notepad that I have in my shower. And back at the beginning of the year, actually it was before the beginning of the year, it might have been last fall when I recognized I wanted to change my life in some big, meaningful way, I wrote on the sticky notepad, protect my real life. And what that represented was me not sort of like being able to defend it and deflect things from interrupting this path that I was going to be on. And every morning I look at that when I take a shower and think, okay, I have to protect my real life. And when I was thinking about it this summer, I recognized that my decision to carve out time for creativity and to create this life that I really want wasn't about protecting my life. It was about owning it, which is really different because when you're being protective, it is more of a defensive reactionary mode. And this summer, our decision to take this downtime to take care of ourselves was a a proactive step. And it was about owning it, owning who we are and what we need and owning our responsibilities in a way that's much more balanced and um, not feeling like we have to be reactionary, right? Like, because you get so caught up in the momentum and the doing and something tries to sideline you and you're just like, oh, you put up your elbow and you're like, no, keep going, keep going. When in reality, when you have a clear picture and you set the pace, like the pace isn't being set for you, it becomes a really different mindset. And so I decided to change my sticky notepad. And it now says, create my real life, Mm -hmm. because it's about taking ownership, being in the driver's seat, and not feeling like I have to be defensive. But now I get to be proactive instead of reactive. And that is a completely different mindset. Wow. I love that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Is that in your shower still? Yeah. <laughs> cool. A lot happens in the shower. It's a lot of magic. I call it my think tank. <laughs> That's why I put up the sticky notepad. Like I have so many ideas in here. Where do I write them? Like the soap on the wall doesn't really work. <laughs> Amber, what happened for you that you didn't expect? So I wrote down, I gained clarity and became more present. I having the time to kind of uh, evaluate uh, all the changes that had happened in our lives and also just to kind of have time to prepare for, you know, looking at what was coming in the fall schedule wise. And um, I did a lot of uh, meditating. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about being on that auto mode and when we're just going, 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 we're getting a lot done, but we don't take the time to 
be there in what in what we're doing. It's just like checking off boxes and to really slow down. I feel definitely more mindful. I took a couple of uh, meditation courses and one with one of them was on mindful time management. And I was really surprised after doing this 10 day course of visualizations that I felt like I just had more time in my day and nothing else had really changed. And so I just feel like uh, definitely more present and more here and really excited about what's come to come. Mm-hmm. I mirror that. I definitely f- started to feel like um, I was there, like everywhere that I was, I was there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, I have to I have to be here for an hour and then I have another thing coming up right after that, that I need to get to and then I need to rush to the other thing. I felt like I started to notice little things in my life that give me joy that I normally miss. Even things like the way it feels to grind pepper on frying eggs, mm-hmm. I started to realize, like, I love this. <laughs> I was just standing there one day with, like, the cast iron pan, and I had two eggs cooking and was just grinding pepper and was like, this is so enjoyable. <laughs> and I love lying on my bed watching the curtains blow in the wind. I could watch that for hours. Mm-hmm. I liked watching the way a tea bag, like a used tea bag, just sits, like, in the corner of a plate, and it's just content and that it did its job. <laughs> and I appreciate the usefulness and design of a spoon. Like one day I was just kind of holding a spoon. I was like, God, this is so helpful. Like, I love spoons. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> they are. But you just like go through your life not noticing all these things around you when you're trying to just check so many boxes. Mm-hmm. So it made me fall in love with all the little things and feel more grateful for what I have. And also be comfortable with slowing down because you just notice things more. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like I was more in the world, like interacting with objects and people and spaces more than just like moving from place to place. Mm-hmm. Like there was more of a relationship there. And that felt really special too. Like I was being held more in the space. Yeah, definitely able to give somebody your attention more too. Yeah. You know, just just feeling like I I hear you (laughs) and I hear me too like just just really having that time to to slow down it was incredible Mm -hmm. I felt it when people would come over and sit on my porch and I always had a hard time just relaxing you know I always felt like or I'm creating the experience for my guest or I'm racing around instead of just being in the moment And I recognized, I set no expectation other than we're just going to sit on the porch. And we had something cold to drink. And that was it. There was nothing else I had to do, run around, make food. And I actually was present and enjoyed some really great conversations. And it made me realize that it's so much better, so much more meaningful when you're you're not so consumed with the next thing, mm-hmm. right? Your next appointment, the next thing you have to accomplish. God, I should be using this time to do something else and just absorbing it. And you grow from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it isn't, there's the relaxation piece. There's the community piece connecting to people, but there's also this like nurturing that happens to yourself when you give yourself these moments, like staring at the curtains. That is one of the most meditative, mm-hmm. relaxing things. I remember doing it as a kid, laying down to take a nap in the summer and just watching them blow forever. And um, thanks for that visualization. <laughs> I forgot how much I like that. <laughs> but these are moments that do matter. And because of the summer, we were able to have them. Yeah. And I think if I were listening to this podcast right now and I was in the go, go, go phase of life and 
heard these reflections, I would probably think like, yeah, I like spoons. Yeah, I like curtains and I can sit and have a conversation, but not really fully understand and realize what it's like to do those things slowly and with intention. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that everyone listening kind of recognizes like where you are in the spectrum of go, go, go and just like allowing and sitting because the experience is actually very different when you have when you give yourself the space to experience it and not just get it done. So, Lenore, what did you learn about yourself? If you have maybe a couple examples you want to share of some learnings, I think we're all going to share some examples. Yeah, um, I do have a couple I could share. One is I realized that when I slow down and let myself breathe, which I don't think I've ever done in my entire life, actually, Mm. (laughs) my creativity comes flying forward. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if it's just waiting for me to open the door and it just jumps out and it's pretty much effortless and it doesn't feel like work. It feels more like magic. Like I just imagined kind of like this, I don't know, not necessarily like a superhero, but something just kind of barging through the door, arms wide open and just saying, okay, I'm here. Let's change the world. And I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> that was inside of me. <laughs> and so I recognize what else would happen if if I began living life this way? Maybe not being willing to rev up again and rev up and down, but to create a pace that's more deliberate and intentional. What is my creativity going to grow into? What is How is it going to show up? And for me this summer, it was what I referred to before, but creating project unstuckness and I actually created a nine-step system to help people gain perspective of where they're really at and why it is it's so difficult to figure out, number one, what what is it we really want and how do we create change? And so I mapped out all the steps that I took in my own life, created this really fun program, and I never saw that coming, ever. It just literally came out of me barge through the door like, okay, I've got some time and space. I'm about to show up. (laughs) And the second thing I learned is that I don't have an off switch. And that's a hard thing to recognize because you immediately feel like, oh God, what am I going to do about that? But I recognized that if I partnered a couple of tools together, I could help sort of navigate not being able to shut off and instead of thinking about turning on and off, but more like shifting gears, which is what we did this summer, right? Shifting gears. We're still moving. We still have intention and activity. And um, so a couple of the, the ideas and tools that I got, I actually got from weeding. And <laughs> while I was weeding, I came up with this idea. I'm going to write a coffee table book called The Weeds in Me. And it was like all of the life lessons I've learned just weeding my yard. But two of them, most importantly, that came from that. I learned this idea actually from a podcast. It's called Sprint and Recover. And the idea is that sometimes we do need to rev up. You know, you think about it, you need to switch lanes. You're getting on and off a highway. There are different moments where it causes you to need to speed up and to create and build something. But then once you find your place to recover, allow yourself to coast, come back to that 50 miles an hour so that you your head is up, you're paying attention to where you're going. And the second thing that I learned weeding was to change perspectives, because when you start a weeding project, number one, it feels like it's never going to (laughs) end. And you can grow really tired and lose sight of what it is you're hoping to accomplish by the end. So if you actually walk yourself to the other side of the yard and look back at the perspective of what you've done versus what you have left, 
I thought it would overwhelm me and it didn't. I saw the difference and I said, you know, I'm going to start from this side because it's making me feel different about this project. And so, okay, I'm going to weed from this end. And I still had a lot ahead of me. But the idea is that I may not have an off switch, but I'm learning the idea of switching gears and switching perspectives so that I'm still moving. I can still allow for creativity and productivity, but I'm doing it in a much more meaningful way. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What about you? I just want to say you're so insightful. (laughs) (laughs) I love your example. It's the weeds. Yeah. Yeah. The weeds bring it out of me. That's great. So uh, what did I learn about myself? Uh, I, the importance of reflection was really what came up for me and I accomplished way more than I give myself credit, credit for. And when it came to reflect on the summer, I pulled out my journals, I opened my photo app and I made lists and galleries of the highlights. And I just felt really good about, um, how I, how I had spent my time. And the other thing is that where I thought that slowing down, you know, it ensued so much panic in the beginning, but it actually really allows us to live life. Um, and when we move at such a quick pace, I feel like we become disconnected from ourselves and we make decisions that aren't in our best interest, like saying yes too much or assuming responsibility for everything, which were um, two things that happened to me and until we're burnt out again. So um, understanding how important it is to slow down and that you're not going to lose everything that you've already built up was a really valuable lesson for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I I learned like what I talked about earlier that I'm not a business. I'm a person who owns a business. That's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And I think entrepreneurs probably struggle with that because they typically start businesses that they're passionate about and it is their livelihood. And there's so much emotion that goes into it that you can start to feel like you are, the offering. And I, I think getting some distance from it is good, not only for me, but also for the business, because mm-hmm. it, you can't do everything through emotion. Like there has to be some biz, good business decisions and more, you know, like it's not so personal. And that was a big deal for me to, to be able to have that separation. And the other thing I learned was that I, I need mental stimulation. I don't really do well just lying around all day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that who knew I was on the break would say, like, so are you enjoying your, your summer? Are you just, like, hanging around watching movies? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, like, watching some movies, but I'm also reading a lot. And I'm, like, going on some trips and trying to, like, stimulate my mind because I'm a thinker. I think all the time. and I can't just shut that off. So to give myself something to focus on is a really good thing. And I think what that taught me is, like, I need to take downtime in my own way and not just do, like, the norm of, like, binging on Netflix shows and, like as much as I love going to swimming holes and going to the ocean, I also need something to like kind of focus on and keep, keep myself learning. And so that was really helpful to just have those two, those two things for myself. And so getting back to the topic of this podcast (laughs) of claiming the stage and, you know, public speaking, Lenore, how has taking time off helped you to claim the stage in your own life? And when it comes to public speaking, Well, in my own life, I realize I'm no longer in that protective mode. I'm in creative mode. And that means I'm in the driver's seat and I get to pick the pace and the destination. 
And that's pretty exciting. And I recognize that facing, approaching you two with that initial conversation at the end of the spring, it was really scary. And I know I, I was really afraid to disappoint you both or to somehow leave you two in the lurch or take time and energy away from the things that you needed support in. The crazy piece that came out of that was it it created the opposite situation where it created time and space for you both to recognize that you had a need. And the idea that taking that initiative to have a difficult conversation impacted the two people I was worried most about besides myself was amazing. So for me, I, I'll always look at difficult conversations that way. It isn't always just about yourself, but what space are you creating for other people that maybe don't even recognize yet that they have that need, but you're now opening the door and opportunity for them to say, hey, you know what? I think I'd like a change. I think I need something different too. Yeah. And as far as public speaking goes, <laughs> well, I think it's pretty clear that my my epiphany that I say came from the universe, but from this time and space and my creative energies, recognizing that I'm not the only woman who felt stuck and needed change in her life. And it was through speaker sisterhood that I started to build momentum to create that change, building my confidence to have those difficult conversations. I recognize that this is my mission and I really want to help women to understand that they can create meaningful change in their life and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like sometimes I'll, I'll talk with women and they'll say, well, I can't just quit my job and start a business. And I'm like, well, that's actually not what we're talking about. <laughs> that the most meaningful and creative change comes in small, doable steps. And that's where you build your power. The big stuff does happen in life. You you have some big shifts. But I want women to understand that this magic, this this power that comes from being able to create change. So that's going to be my be my be my mess my message messaging when I'm out there creating workshops, speaking sisterhood, um, building online programs, coaching, whatever comes into play with my unstuckness project, it's going to be centered around this. And I know it with absolute clarity and, and certainty. Yeah. I want to go back to something you, you said in the beginning of that. And that was about speaking up and kind of asking for what you need, even if you sort of feel like maybe it's not in the best interest of the team, but not really knowing what can come from that. And I think what I learned from you doing that was that your courage was kind of fueled by trying to honor yourself and in honoring yourself you honored the team and it reminded me of being at a retreat I went to like 10 years ago at Kripalu at a yoga center where the facilitator said if you have a question and you're too afraid to ask it just raise your hand anyway because you're raising your hand for the other person who's too afraid to ask it and I, I heard that and I thought what an interesting approach to helping someone build courage for themselves by helping them to like help somebody else through doing it. And I think in a way that's kind of what you did was you were the one who raised your hand for the group and you gave us all permission to say like, yeah, I'm burnt out too. And I felt like as the leader, like I can't be burnt out. Like then every, what, what everything's going to fall apart. So it kind of, I think for others who are thinking about like taking a big leap to share, like I need something different from what's happening here. It's, it's actually a huge service in the end. And so I just really appreciate that you're reflecting upon that too, and that you did that because it gave us all this chance to learn something really big about ourselves. 
Yeah. And I think you talk about it all the time where when we are doing public speaking of sorts, and it can be in a variety of ways, it's not really about us. It's about the audience. And there's something in our messaging and in our stories and in our passions and our mistakes that people can learn from and feel empowered to hear. So if we can remember, no matter how nervous or scared we are to share what it is we want and whatever our story is, that there could be someone even quietly that you never know about that is benefiting because you've had the courage to speak up. Yeah. So doing that shift takes some pressure off <laughs> in realizing it is a gift to be able to change someone else's life. Mm-hmm. How has taking time off helped you claim the stage and improve your public speaking, Amber? Well, I now know what I want. <laughs> um, having time to reconnect with myself um, and also having some difficult conversations. Thank you, Lenore, for launching because um, there was certainly, you know, I like I said, I look back at my journals and I'm like, I was really struggling at the beginning of the summer with that question. Like, what are we going to do the next six months? And and there's big black letters. This is nothing new, but having the courage to actually like say that. And, you know, and you gave us the the space and the permission to to say, yeah, me, me too. And I and I I need to um, to slow down. And so that. That was uh, one example of my own life. And also, um, I have been speaking up a lot more than, uh, I mean, as a result of Speaker Sisterhood over the past couple of years, just speaking up more and more. And I've had some um, difficult conversations uh, with my husband. And just, uh, he said to me the other day, he goes, wow, you're just saying whatever's on your mind lately. <laughs> I was like, nice. yeah, okay, good, you know, and um, and that feels really good to just kind of free up some of those thoughts and in thinking like I don't want to hurt him or I don't want to hurt you guys or let you down, it it does do exactly the opposite, yeah. you know, because then him and I can talk or the three of us can talk, and I feel you know I feel very lucky to be on this team with both of you, and um, I feel very lucky to be. Uh, in a relationship with him. We've been together for 17 years. And so in the past couple of years have been difficult for various reasons. And so just being able to have those conversations um, and knowing that everything will be okay feels really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to public speaking, I did give two speeches this summer. And uh, one was on resistance for giving the speech that I was supposed to be giving and didn't. (laughs) And the other one was vision. And the vision one I did uh, in mid-July. And um, it's funny that that's what just happened then. But I was uh, I was very present during during the speech. And I hadn't actually experienced that in public speaking when I get up to give a speech at club normally like I just experienced and it's just like all the words just went away and there's complete silence and that that didn't really happen when I was uh in the speech and even when I forgot a word I was able to ask the group uh for a suggestion and it worked and um and so I felt I felt really good that I got to experience that and I'm excited to give another speech mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy so. <laughs> I've got a lot of speeches written in here. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad we recorded you saying that. Yeah. yeah. I bet you speech. are. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the website. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about the other hard conversation we had this summer? Which one? 
about the work that you don't want to do. Oh, sure. So, yeah, that was at the, like, towards the end of the summer. Yeah, because I think there's a good story in that, too, and how that kind of came, what what happened as a result. Yeah, so, what was it, maybe two or three weeks ago, we came back together to say, like, okay, now what? Like, what's, what's kind of next for um, when we're not in this summer maintenance mode? Um, and... You know, we I had heard Lenore uh, maybe the previous week talk about how excited she was to return to her role and how much she loves being the club director and running the virtual clubs. And I was really struggling with I, I love the speaker sisterhood. I was and I was I'll do whatever needs to get done. <laughs> right. And, um, and I was doing a lot of, uh, computer tasks that, um, I, I have a background in website development and that's really been my career for the past 20 years. And that's not what I want to be doing. And that's not why you invited me to the team, which you so kindly reminded me of <laughs> when I was, it was really hard to talk about. Um, because I feel like, to me, being on the computer is work. And if I'm not doing that, then what am I doing? What am I contributing? I, I didn't see a lot of my contribu contributions as being valuable um, if I wasn't doing that. And so it was tough to speak up about because I didn't, again, want to let the team down. I don't want to let the organization down by not doing those those things. And... Um, Well, I lost that thought, but you guys gave me the space to make it okay to s share the things that I didn't want to be doing and also uh, made it very clear that I don't have to be doing those things, that somebody else can be doing those things. And yeah, I'm not sure how, how well I'm doing with the answer to that question. I guess it's going to bring up a lot of emotions. <laughs> like, is that what you're digging for? <laughs> no, I'm not. I kind of wanted to just point to the fact that we kind of like had it was about honoring yourself. Yeah. You know, and that when you honored yourself, you gave an opportunity for the team to support you in a different way. And then Lenore stepped forward and, and like one of the main things you said you don't want to do is graphic design. Right. And Lenore was like, Oh, I happen to know somebody who really cares about speaker sisterhood and knows graphic design. And so we were able to solve that problem in a way that took care of you and also took care of the company and the needs and mm -hmm. everybody got what they wanted. Yeah. You know? It was still really hard to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited, though. The moment the words came out of your mouth, yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> because even though it's a huge need for the organization, the you acknowledging, instead of just being a doer, you are somebody. You will do literally anything and everything to support the organization. And I think as teammates, we recognize that in you. And although it's been great to have you to rely on. At the same time, we want to celebrate you, Amber, the creative and also your brilliant mind and pull you out from behind the scenes and and think more strategically. Even our conversations have changed in terms of our focus and we need you there in those types of conversations. And the idea that what probably was the most overwhelming thing to admit, like this is the piece I really don't want to own and don't want to do. It was like, okay. And we were like, let's do this thing. And the idea of freeing you up from that was probably the most exciting thing that has happened because we we're like, oh, and it wasn't complicated, but we had not yet had that conversation. So if that doesn't lend itself to 
have the difficult conversations. (laughs) And it feels so different. Like going, I'm excited again. I'm excited to go into the fall. I'm excited. We've got a new graphic designer. (laughs) So um, I'm very excited to, uh, to move forward. Cool. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and just sort of sharing like some of the things I had learned from our conversations over the summer and talking about like, yeah, honoring what the team needs and trying to be open and not being so strict about like, this is your job and this is why you're here, but instead trying to like figure out what's best for everybody so that we can all grow together. And she said, that's a really interesting and unique management strategy. You should like really like build that and like really focus on it and teach other businesses how to do that and when she said business strategy I was like it never once in my mind like (laughs) was thought of as a business strategy it just felt like trying to be um truthful and trusting and open and like kind of building something with people you care about and not just like treating everyone as workers Mm -hmm. and she said no this is really different like have you ever worked for a company like this? And I was like, oh, that's true. I haven't. <laughs> I've never even heard of a company that does that. Yeah. But it, it does feel revolutionary. But at the same time, it feels like the most normal thing in the world. Because why wouldn't we do these things? You know, even though they're scary, it feels like I don't want to work for a company or build something that, like, everybody hates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. do, they don't want to come to work. It's like, we. Yeah. that's why we got into entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't like that kind of atmosphere. So I thought that was an interesting conversation and it made me think twice about like maybe this is a model that we're building and that we're creating ourselves that we can then like teach other companies. And maybe that's down the road because, of course, we need we have another company. (laughs) But I was just like, yeah, like everybody would want to work for a company like this. So I think that there's another element here that we're like kind of creating on our own, which is cool. And that's kind of why I wanted to use the word radical in the title of today's episode. <laughs> yeah. It's very radical. It is. Um, so some of the things I learned from um, that could help me to clan the stage and also my public speaking is taking all this time off made me feel more at ease with myself. And it also helped me to trust myself because I got so much time to reflect upon what we've built with Speaker Sisterhood mm-hmm. over the last two years. And I swear, like, every day for the first month, I just kept saying to myself, like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. I can't believe what we built. Like, yeah. and, and not just, like, all the work we did, but just realizing, like, what I'm capable of as a human being. And, and I don't mean, like, volume. I mean, like, ideas and execution and community building and creativity like I don't give myself very much credit for all that and people like will send me cards or like say those things to me and I'm like oh thank you thank you but like I don't really embrace that and this summer I finally did and what it made me realize was like I got this like we got this Mm -hmm. you guys got this this is totally fine (laughs) and it gave me a lot of extra confidence to make me feel like no matter what happens we're gonna be okay yeah and um this translates to public speaking because it makes me feel better about the way I show up like I'm fine the way I am I don't need to put on a show I don't need to crack jokes I don't need to make any kind of experience happen I can just show up as me and that's that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always said that, but there was always a part of me too that felt like, well, I need to also have this other stuff. And that doesn't it doesn't feel like all that added pressure now. And I did a speaking gig recently, I can't remember where now, but <laughs> it was important. 
<laughs> and I just, I just remember feeling so at ease and just like, it's going to be fine. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I would like question a lot of stuff before and it's just not necessary. Um, and I also think that there's so much uncertainty and insecurity that comes from building something that's brand new that a lot of uncertainty and like insecurity will show up around like, what if no one likes the idea and what if it doesn't actually work? And what if we go in the wrong direction? But I think that's part of the fun of it is like, how do we tweak it and listen and kind of like go on the adventure and not just try um, to force something. So I think in the end, I just feel like I'm okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) Which feels really good. Yeah. So, Amber, what advice do you have for others who may be burned out or needing to take a break? Because I'm sure there are people listening to this episode thinking, well, sure, they can do that, but I couldn't do that even though I need it. Yeah, and I definitely uh, thought about this question from that perspective because I would have been that person. Yeah, me me too. What advice can I actually give? I know. But um, I wrote down rest whenever you can, even just 10 minutes a day of like turning your phone off and, you know, limiting distractions, closing your eyes and breathing just like 10 minutes a day. You know, you don't have to call it meditation, but just to just really take some time for yourself to just kind of slow down. And I feel like even just 10 minutes a day makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be like a, you don't have to commit for the summer, but I'm definitely just taking some time. Yeah. How about you, Lenore? I would say like you, Amber, I would be that person like, okay, but that's not my life. (laughs) I have bills. I have, (laughs) you know, goals. I have intentions. I've got a relationship. I've got a dog. Like you think of all these things and it doesn't seem even possible to be able to downshift in a practical way. And whether or not it looks dramatic and big like we did, you know, really downshifting our schedules and our time, or as Amber mentioned, in smaller increments, do something. And one of the phrases we've been talking a lot more about is working smarter, not harder. And when you're so busy in the go and doing mode, that's survival mode. Mm -hmm. That's what I talked about, that being defensive and deflective and hunkering down and not recognizing oh, there might actually be a better way (laughs) to do the same thing and accomplish a lot more. But you only get that when you lift your head and have some type of objective perspective on your life and what it is you're doing. And sometimes that outside perspective comes from somebody else. So being willing and vulnerable to open up that conversation to somebody else to say, you know, I'm burning the candle at both ends. I feel like I could be doing something different. I don't know what that something is. I feel like I don't have time to breathe. I don't know what to do. Reach out and get some help. Get somebody who can look in and say, hey, you know what? You actually could do this. What about that? And maybe change your world and free up time for more you know, personal time. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Think smaller increments to take time to breathe and to close your eyes, walk away or get some outside help. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think there may also be people listening who think like, I don't need a break. I'm fine. I've been doing this my whole life. Why would I need to take a break? That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a good check is if you wake up in the morning and your first thought is, what do I need to do today? Or what's on the, my to-do list? You're one of these people who could just uh, could take a break. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching a comedy special the other night. I can't remember who the comedian was, but he said, adulting is just 
chores for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's like you're ne never ending chores. And I was like, oh, that's so true. And the next morning I woke up and I thought, what am I doing today? And I was like, oh, chores, like all day. <laughs> I'm adulting <laughs> all day, day today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought people who are doers and hard workers and have been their whole life are just used to that. So they don't realize that there's another speed. And if, if you're someone who, who doesn't shift out of that gear, challenge yourself to really challenge yourself to, because there's so much more to life and to yourself. And you can only give that gift to yourself. Like no one's going to make your schedule for you. No one's going to cancel that extra thing that you put on your schedule. So you have to give yourself that gift. And it's hard. I'm, I'm not going to act like every day was just like, Ooh, I'm on vacation. There were mm -hmm. days where I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm not used to having this much free time. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I do better when I have structure. So even if I just schedule sitting on the front porch for an hour to drink tea, that made me feel better. Like, okay, this is on my schedule. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to make breakfast for two hours. That's on my schedule too so finding ways to work with yourself so that you feel like taking a break is okay it's a really important thing and I don't think it's talked about enough in our in our world especially for women because we have so many expectations and we all feel like we have to like somehow validate our ourselves by being busy all the time but really just showing up is is enough mm -hmm. you know just yeah. being just being there just sitting there is okay so I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just, I, I hope that everyone listens to this episode. And the reason we put this episode together is because we all emerged from taking time off as different people, you know, and mm -hmm. learning these things that we didn't know were there, but have been there all along. And w those things would not have shown up if we stayed in that speed that we were in. And how long, how many years can we stay in that speed? I think I could have stayed in that speed until I thought it was 70, 80, yeah. 90, probably 100. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not okay. Because no. <laughs> there's a lot more to life. But you have to be willing to jump into that. What were you going to say, Lenore? I was just thinking about if, if people are listening and thinking about productivity, right? They're like, well, with all that downtime, you lose momentum. And, you know, you're losing out on profitability or, you know, just getting moving on with your business. And the actual truth is we came up with the smarter, not harder ideas that will help to launch the business forward. Just the way we strengthened our team and our focus, the way we want to approach projects going forward, building things in place that kind of do some work for us and help alleviate some pressure and stress while we're focusing on other things. And so if anything, we built a tremendous amount of strategy mm -hmm. because of the way we decided to focus on ourselves and each other as a team. So if, if productivity is the worry, you'd be surprised what comes on the other end of taking a break. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Anything, any other experiences, regrets, learnings that anyone wants to share? I have one learning. Oh, well, I have lots of learning <laughs> <laughs> and no regrets. But I learned how to massage kale from you, which changed my life in cooking. <laughs> Tell everyone how to do it. Yeah. So, you know, you just you pull it off the stems and then you just work it in your hands. I know you've talked about adding apple cider vinegar or I've done it with lemon, but it just really changes the texture of, of kale and then uh, just offers up so much more culinary art to your, <laughs> your cooking. I did a lot of cooking this summer. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to cook the kale. You, yeah, that's right. You did it right in a salad. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it kind of tastes cooked when you massage it. Yeah, and it looks it, too. Yeah, Yeah, I started massaging it and then cooking my eggs right on top of it. It's really yummy. Nice. (laughs) Sounds great. You could crack some pepper on it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I grilled a lot this summer. I Mm -hmm. I didn't... I wasn't going to mention that, but since you <laughs> I got a grill last year for my birthday and I used it once and then I put the cover on and never used it again. And this summer I was like, I got time. I can grill. <laughs> I grilled like almost every day for a couple of weeks and then I ran out of propane. I was like, where do I get propane? I haven't gotten more propane yet. <laughs> but I was grilling everything. And it's really funny, like, you know, the stories we tell ourselves, it, every guy I ever dated loved grilling. So they would always grill and I would just like stand off to the side and be like so what's going on over there but like never grilled <laughs> and now I'm like I got the spatula I got the tongs everyone relax yeah I'm doing this and it was great it's so fun so I recommend everyone tries grilling if, if your partner likes to grill be like move over <laughs> I'm gonna grill what about you Lenore? I would say no regrets but I'm really excited because we made a decision and we had to kind of be creative to find ways to make it happen for us. And I recognize that this type of pace is something that I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so good to honor ourselves and to chill out and to sip on tea for like what felt like an hour on the front porch. It probably was, but in the country, time stands still. It might have been 10 minutes. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. I don't want to be a maniac. I want to breathe and laugh and chill out and enjoy life. Yeah. So I'm excited. Cool. I've realized that one of the biggest lessons of my life was the power of speaking up and using my voice. And I think the second most powerful lesson of my life is, yes, my voice is powerful, but claiming my time is just as powerful. Mm. And I think we need to put equal amounts of energy into protecting and creating time for ourselves. And so I feel like this is something that we should continue to talk about on the podcast and also in the Speaker Sisterhood Clubs and help women with both. Because, yeah, we can find our voice and we can speak up about what we need and we can get out on stage and give speeches. But we also need to take time away from people and Mm -hmm. with ourselves and learn about who we are just in the world and alone in in a room with a blowing curtain, you know, like all this stuff is really important and there's just not enough emphasis there. So I feel like sending that message is just, is just as powerful. And it felt like a bold move to reclaim time and important. And that's a message that I really want to get out there that every, everyone should try it. Um, Any regrets? None. <laughs> I guess the only thought I had was like, man, how many summers have gone by <laughs> I know. that I thought to myself, oh, I want to get out of this office. I want to be out in the air. I want to have more time and almost resentful that I had no say and no control if, if on a lovely, breezy summer day to be outside and knowing that I get to choose that and enjoy that. I'm like, OK, life is now happening. Like <laughs> this is the starting point. Yeah. I know I wore my bathing suit more this time this summer than I have since um, since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I got like my legs are tan. It's really <laughs> weird. Usually my legs are like so pale. I'm like oh, I'm just wear pants to the event, <laughs> but 
Um, it's really nice. I like used a whole bottle of suntan lotion this summer. I was like, this is a sign of someone who went outside and did things. Yeah. <laughs> this is really good. I think my only regret is that I wish I worried less. Like I still had mm. just a lot of those like worries about like, well, how are we going to start making money again? And like, how, is it really fair for me to be doing this? Like the stuff I had talked about earlier. And I wish I had just given myself a hundred percent permission to just like be in it. And I think, you know, I, I'm not going to like beat myself up for that for, for too long. But I think next time I'm going to just like let it be there. Like I'm in this now and I'm not going to bring that that worry bag with me. Just like allow it, you know, just just be OK with it. I'm right there with you on that piece. But I also recognized this came sort of suddenly and un- unexpectedly. So we didn't really get to have those conversations in plan to alleviate some pressure. Yeah, I think we all probably found our own creative ways around that. But now if this is something and is something we are going to do in the future, we get to plan for it and be smart about it and recognize, okay, build, you know, you talked about the financial piece, build that around the times that we are generating a lot of productivity and work and create the space so we can stop worrying so much over the summer. And I think next year is 100%. Let's make that our goal. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I I would say too, you know, when you were talking about at the beginning of the summer reflecting on the last two years of everything that's been accomplished in Speaker Sisterhood, it's not like nothing happened all summer, right? <laughs> so if we actually like take a few minutes to look at look back, I mean, we did the member and club leader appreciation day and the girls Inc. club, and you got had a bunch of club leader sessions going on, and so there was definitely still a lot of a lot of movement. Um, there was and new members, new clubs launched. <laughs> So a lot was happening, even though um, we were in maintenance mode. Yeah. Do you want to mention some of the new clubs launching, the locations? Yeah. So we have eight. We did have one launch in the middle of the summer, and now we have eight between September and October. We have Massachusetts, Connecticut, Kentucky, California. Ohio. Ohio. And... I thought it was going to be New Hampshire, but that one shifted to Mass. (laughs) But we're all over the spectrum. We have our first West Coast club opening up. Really excited about that. Yeah. And more women are reaching out and saying, how can we start a club? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We learned that we don't have to be in total control all the time because there are there are people out there who are excited and talking about speaker sisterhood. There are podcasts out there. There's marketing. There's social media. There's so much going on that like it's okay to take your foot off the gas and just let some of the work you've done carry you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I want to add that we have built our calendar for the next year mm-hmm. and we decided that we were going to take December 15th to January 15th for winter hibernation. <laughs> Can't wait. And next summer some the same kind of setup yeah. and hopefully forever every summer. Yeah. <laughs> Because one reason to become an entrepreneur is to build the life you want to have, not just build the business, but the life. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing that. And I think it's really great. And I feel like really empowered by it. And it's like a reclaiming in a big way. So thank you both. Yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast, too. I know I'm like asking you to share your whole life (laughs) with like everybody in the world, but it's really important. And I think we're setting the tone for other women and men who want to do the same thing. Mm hmm. Thank you, Angela. Yeah, thanks for giving us the opportunity and the permission to rest. It's good. (laughs) I do what I can. (laughs) All right, there you have it. 
today's episode all about what we did this summer and what we didn't do this summer, more importantly. In the show notes, you'll find links to the books I referenced and the TED Talk about cycles and phases of your cycle. And I encourage you to check that stuff out. I mean, I've always felt like, yeah, I know my body, but now I like really know my body. (laughs) So take a look, do some reading, get educated. The more information we have, the more powerful we can be. All right, my friends, that's it for me this week. We'll see you in two weeks with more fun. And as always, stop waiting, start creating. See you next time.